from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Credit Union CEOs approach growth in various ways. Some establish virtual branches, some integrate coffee shops and a community meeting space within a branch, and others look outside the box for solutions. I'm Jennifer Plager, Senior Editor with CUNA News. I recently talked with three credit union magazine rock stars to find out how they approach growth at their credit unions. I spoke with Kabir Laiwala, CEO at Platinum Federal Credit Union in Duluth, Georgia. Founded in 2000 to serve the Ismaili sect of Shia Muslims nationwide, the credit union has grown from less than $1 million in assets to more than $150 million today. Laiwala talks about how the credit union has used virtual branches to approach growth. So Kabir, can you give me a brief look at, at Platinum Federal's history and your mission and who you're serving? Platinum Federal Credit Union was uh, formed in 1999, December. That's when we got our charter and it opened its door in January 2000 for its membership. The main purpose behind forming Platinum Credit Union from what I've learned from uh, the founding directors was to serve the business community, the small business, mom and pop, one or two employees own businesses. So that was the main purpose behind forming the credit union and uh, mostly for uh, the immigrant community, first generation. There were lots at that time, first generation uh, immigrants, especially from India, Pakistan, Africa. And uh, the field of membership for Platinum Credit Union is to serve uh, Shia Ismaili Muslims. So uh, Muslims have two sects, Shia and Sunni, but serving the Shia sect and within Shia, there is Ismaili Muslim. So that's very niche segment. Uh, I think there are about 80 to 90,000 potential members in the entire United States. So it's a very defined field of membership. That's what the Christian is serving. Okay. And your membership is open nationwide, correct? It is. We have branches in, uh, we have a small service center, that's what we call it, in Alabama. We have one in Orlando. We have three uh, branch locations in Georgia, where we serve most of the business accounts. But we also, some years back, came up with uh, an idea in our board, and that's one of the strategic planning meetings, because we used to have branches in Memphis, Miami, Tampa, that we ended up closing down because the field of membership, potential membership is 500, 400, begins pretty good for the first year. And then it just dies down when everybody becomes a member, they've got their auto loan, whatnot. Then you may see one person a week or something. So it was not worth having a physical brick and mortar. So we closed down those branches. So we've done a lot of exploratory things over the last 20 years of uh, existence. And we ended up creating, because Credit Union is unique, you can have your members volunteer on the board. You can have your members volunteer on the committees. So we are like, why not form a volunteer committee at each of this location where we have potential membership of four, 500, 300, and then they can in turn promote the Credit Union. And in this day and age, we can do everything online. You share branching. ATM networks, and uh, they can still, you know, avail pretty much all the services they can from the credit union. And that's what brought about virtual branch concept. So in uh, Tempa, we replaced the branch with a virtual branch. So we have three committee members. We started with five. I think we're down to three now. Three committee members, uh, 
we have a call with them pretty much every month, just updating of the products and services. We worked that virtual brunch concept for a year, uh, worked out pretty well. And we still, till date, we get a lot of business from Tempa. We do a lot of loans. Uh, we have members who have checking accounts with us, you share branching services. And of course, we never see them because there's no branch over there. <laughs> so that worked out well. And we are like, you know what? Let's duplicate this concept. So we uh, formed a committee in uh, Memphis, in Knoxville, Nashville, Tennessee, Virginia, New York, New Jersey. So that's where all we are located right now. We have virtual branches. So we might have only five physical locations, but we have uh, five, six additional uh, virtual locations. So in, in your time, you guys started out as a relatively small credit union and you've grown. I joined in April 2001. So it was a year and three months into when the credit union had already started. The first year net profit, when I looked at the financials, when I joined, it was $800 was the capital. And uh, the assets were a little less than a million dollars when I joined the credit union. And what's your capital like today and your asset size today? So we have a little over 12 million in capital. And uh, right now we had 190 million in assets. Of course, uh, we were 135 million in assets in March, 2020. In the last six months, we have grown from 135 to 190, primarily because of all the SBA PPP loans we have done, the SBA EIDL loans. So I think it's exaggerated right now, the asset size, which should be around 150 million. And hopefully in the next six to 12 months, we'll go back to about 150, 155 million assets. Really a lot of growth in your 20-ish years that the credit union's been around. It's funny when most of the credit unions are, you know, when they have six, seven percent growth, especially in our size, that's a good growth for them annually. For us, when we don't see double digit, we think it's slowed down. So we are normally growing loans and assets double digit pretty much year over year. I know you talked about the virtual branches and the committees in these different locations. What's the key behind how you guys are able to grow? I believe the credit unions originally were small segments and they exactly knew their membership. I think it's great that we know who we are serving, what their needs are. And then although it's still checking account, money market account, CDs, whatnot, even the loans, unsecured, secured, there are only so many products that the bank or credit unions play with but then you can customize those products for the needs of your membership. So I think that's what we have done and we have been successful at doing because most of the banks offer uh, business accounts, but they have analysis checking and the fee structure is so complicated that the small mom and pop business don't understand what the fee structure is. And that's where we are like, okay, you know what? Let's do a simple fee every month. So they understand what the fee structure is and they know exactly how much they're going to be charged every month. So that's how we started. So today, the business checking account for cash intensive businesses, gas stations, and uh, we charge $60 a month. So they exactly know it's going to be $60 charge. It doesn't matter how many transactions I do. doesn't matter how many ACH I get. That makes it easier for them to bank. And then we worked with a lot of armored services so that we can provide them, okay, you can, you know, we've negotiated some rates with the armored service, so you can do a pickup service, or you can be promote that actually. $10,000, $15,000 is not worth a life. It's better to just, you know, pay 20 bucks for bring services, and they'll pick up your deposit, bring it to us. 
So those kind of security things that we promote, having smart safes, and that has helped our credit union, our community, and we continue to grow and simplify the products for them. What qualities does a leader need to guide a credit union through growth like Platinum Federal has experienced? So while I was doing my undergrad in accounting, I was also pursuing software programming. And it's funny, in India, you need to have a lot of skills to land a job or a good job because you have a lot of people out there. And for every job, a lot of people are competing for it. And fortunately for me, I was able to come here and those skills perfectly aligned with my job at the Courage Union. Finance and IT background is, it's just a good mix to have as a leader, at least even if you don't have the detailed programming information or knowledge like I do for hardware and software, even if you have general basic knowledge of uh, information technology, I think it's needed because at the end of the day, the members expect the delivery, the user interface for mobile, for online for, you know, remote deposit capture, all that has just become a given or expected from any financial institution. So you need to make sure you're keeping up with the technology, which is changing pretty much every month. I used to say six months. Now it's pretty much every month. So you need to be in that space. Again, you need to balance your uh, budget. You need to make sure you're managing your ALM. So finance knowledge is also very important. And uh, like I said before, most importantly, you need to make sure that you understand your membership, the needs. We are again going through the transition. We had the first generation membership. They were more in the gas station, mom and pop businesses. They have been successful. They're getting into you know investment properties. Their kids are graduating from great universities. We have great ones in uh, Georgia, UGA, Georgia Tech, Emory, Georgia State. So they're graduating from those universities and uh, taking on professional jobs. So we need to make sure that we cater to their needs as well. I feel Platinum is right now at a transition stage where 70, 80% of members initially were in businesses. Now it's pretty much 50, 50, 50% are professionals, 50% are still business owners. And even the business ownership is changing slowly. There are more consultants, software businesses. So we need to make sure that we transition as well. And one thing I tell my staff and my board as well, nothing is permanent other than change. We have to make sure we keep changing according to time and keep adopting new technologies and live with the time. Next, I spoke with Pam Browngraff, CEO at Med5 Federal Credit Union in Rapid City, South Dakota. The $83 million asset credit union received the Growth and Progress Award from the Credit Union Association of the Dakotas in 2017 and 2018. Brown Graff talks about how a new branch featuring a coffee shop assists the credit union with growth. Pam, Med5 Federal Credit Union received the Growth and Progress Award from the Credit Union Association of the Dakotas in 2017 and 18. Can you talk a little bit about the award, what it represents, and what the credit union needed to do to earn that award? I really hope it represents the fact that Med5 is relevant. I think that's probably one of the most important things that credit unions need to be at this point in time. So I'm hoping that, that you know, along with ratios and goals and aspirations, I, I, I hope it was awarded because, you know, we sit on this point of relevancy I hope it also says that we're doing what's right. We're doing what's right for our members, our employees, our community, and our bottom line. 
Is there a specific reason why the, the association presents that award each year? Well, of course, you have to meet all these um, different growth ratios. And it appears we've done that. We did that a couple of years in a row. I know, you know, you can sit behind this desk and you can uh, see the numbers, see the ratios, see the growth, but it's really kind of cool when you see it come down in an award and when you go up against other credit unions. But, you know, a credit union our size, we just have our heads down and, and it isn't about necessarily all the awards it's about what we do every day, what we live and breathe. And we had such a struggle being a small credit union and being a small credit union that had to act like a large credit union. We have to compete like a large credit union. So I guess it just means even more when you're awarded something that speaks to all the hard work that you and your employees and your board members have done. I have to tell you, I have a competitive group of management team and you win it one year and you obviously want to set that bar. And then each year you, you try to set that bar even higher and higher. And, and we've achieved that. I think 19 was equally as successful. And 2020, you know, even with all the trials and tribulations of COVID-19, our bar had to be lowered a little bit because of the unknowns, but I tell you, we're responding and we're responding well. And what kind of leader does it take to lead a credit union through either growth or through, like you said, the trials and tribulations that folks are experiencing this year? It takes somebody that is ever-changing, ever planning and thinking and preparing. Um, you always have to look not at now, you have to look at one year, two years, three year future. And uh, that's the trials and tribulations. But that's what I think makes it something that I like to get up and do every day, every night. <laughs> but um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Med5 Federal kind of took a, a different approach to growth a couple of years ago when you opened your new main branch that had that kind of unique twist of a coffee bar drive through window. Can you talk about, a little bit about what that branch is and why you designed it that way? Our thought process was always when we were going to find the right location that we were going to also find the right vibe. And by doing that, we wanted to make sure that it was fun and it was trendy. And that's where, you know, we had the idea of a coffee shop. I did a lot of um, traveling around. I did a lot of work with our architects about creating this atmosphere. And it only made sense to us when we did this is that we wanted to be different and we wanted to stay in line with credit unions and their charitable works. And when we started putting this together with the coffee shop, we were like, okay, this, this only makes sense that when a member walks in that they don't know if they're in a credit union or if they're in a coffee shop. So that's the atmosphere that we created, that it's fun and open. And all the successes do go back to Med5 in membership, hopefully new membership. But it also goes back to our community and our charitable beliefs that all profits, this is a nonprofit coffee shop, and all of our profits go back to charity. 
How has the, the new branch gone over? They love it. It's fun. It's different. We've created this, I guess, buzz in the community that we are by a big retail. We built by a, a Walmart on purpose, by a lot of retail. But we're also in a residential area that the residents have come over, joined the credit union. They're through the coffee shop once, twice a week, sometimes more. It was a big thing to us that we made it a community atmosphere. So it has its own little conference room that it's open to the community. Groups can come in and there's no charge and they can come in and they can use this room. And we have book clubs and we have sewing clubs and and we have other different um, entities that get together, doctors, nurses, and they use this conference room and they love it. It just gives Med5 another avenue of bringing people in that maybe we wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that. What kind of advice do you have for folks who who want to see their credit union grow and, and what kind of steps should they take? In order for everyone to succeed, you have to hire great people. And I know that sounds cliche, but it absolutely is the reason why Med5 has had the successes over the years. By hiring great people, we know that great people will create a great atmosphere and a great experience. And we've also realized over the years, and we hand down from employee to employee and expectation to an expectation is that you only get that first experience one time and you have to create that first experience and it has to be a good one. We also go by the people tell people, our members tell members. I mean, we know that that's so important. And a lot of our growth has been because people have great experiences and they talk to their neighbors and they talk to everyone. And lastly, I think the biggest thing, and this is ongoing and we're currently working on it in a larger way right now is reward. I mean, you have to reward and you have to pay incentives. I don't mean just your employees. I mean, you have to reward and incentivize your employees, but sometimes we forget about our members. We have to reward and incentivize them also. And we're doing that right now. I mean, we're just kicking off a huge thing. I mean, we've always had the rewards for a credit card and so on and so forth, but we're working really, really hard to incorporate rewards to our members in different ways. And some of those ways are incorporating for products and services that they get gift cards to the coffee shop, to the bean counter that says that you get a free coffee. And by the way, in the meantime, not only are you doing great things for yourself and Med5, but you're doing it for the community also. Finally, I spoke with Lisa Brown, CEO at 60 Million Asset Tallahassee Leon Federal Credit Union. Before arriving at Tallahassee Leon Federal, Brown helped lift two credit unions from the brink of insolvency, and Tallahassee Leon Federal has experienced growth under her leadership. Brown talks about how her experiences with the International Credit Union Development Education Program allowed her to think outside the box. You've been in positions where you've helped lift two credit unions from the brink of insolvency. What kind of leader was required in those situations? I used to call myself a professional crisis manager. It's fascinating um, to me the physical and emotional impact that sort of operating in a crisis mode for extended periods of time can really have on you and on your team. I think 
the lesson that I've learned going through this a few times is really learning how to adapt back to what you would consider normal behavior, or in our case, what we're calling the new normal. Transformational leadership, which is what I really think has happened and is happening now, is a very different skill set. And it's not for those that are timid. It taught me how to fail fast, I would say, would be probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned was learning how to say, okay, you know what, I'm just going to make a decision. I'm going to commit to that decision because it's the best information I have right now. For those of us that are a little bit type A, that can be challenging, (laughs) but it's hard to, it feels like you're admitting that you were wrong. And for those, again, that are kind of type A, that's really hard and kind of hurts sometimes. And so it's important that we are decisive, but that we're not afraid to say, let's make an adjustment. Let's try something new or even just tweak it a little bit, make adjustments so that we can move forward. Stepping away from the crisis mode of it, Tallahassee Leon Federal Credit Union has seen its assets nearly double and capital ratio is growing from 6 to about 11%. What do you think are some of those key reasons why your credit union has seen that growth in, in the past few years? As we pulled ourselves out of the crisis, um, you know, I went through the DE program and it really helped me to recommit to understanding the role of credit unions in the community and the impact that we can have both as an individual institution, as individual leaders, as well as a collective group and the impacts that we can have to low-income families, businesses, to individuals. The opportunities are endless. And I think when you can merge together the needs of your community with the services, products and services that your credit union can provide. It's one of those, you know, social responsibility. This isn't a new conversation. You know, you look at Zappos and you look at all these companies that really commit themselves to bettering the community and how much better they do as organizations. So this isn't a new concept. And I also think, you know, when you look at the foundation of where credit unions came from, and in my mind, what's old is new again. And so remembering that and sort of recommitting to that, it opened stores for us that I don't think we even realized not only how much of a difference we could make, but how much it would impact our ability to be a thriving organization. Learning how you can make a difference while doing the right thing it really will make a difference to your bottom line. And, and I can't stress that enough. And you've already touched on this a little bit, but as you said, you're involved in the international DE program. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in Africa? Well, I've had a number of trips that have been life-changing as a result of being involved with uh, the DE program, but certainly my trip to Africa, that was the very first time I was a little small town girl. My mom was a school teacher and my dad was a tire store manager. So, you know, to thrive in business wasn't really what I think anybody expected me to do when I was a little girl. And so as I developed in my leadership role, those opportunities (laughs) were almost unfathomable. You know, I I was like, oh my goodness, I get to go to Africa. And I, I literally, when the invitation first came across, I thought, I don't know that I can do this. It was the very first time I had ever traveled like that by myself. And, you know, I had to get vaccinations and I had to do all these crazy things. And um, 
I traveled over there and it literally changed my life. And it was the very first African Development Educators Program. And I'd like to think that there was no one that attended that that didn't come away from it better people and better able to make a difference in the lives of their communities. I think that that exchange between leaders around the world, I'd like to think that so often I call it the trade show waltz, where all of us show up at the league meeting or at GAC and you know you walk through the trade show and there's an initiative over here. Let's do that. And oh, this is a really good idea. Let's try that. And so you kind of walk around, but we're all sort of in this little bubble. And I think that that's one of the things that the international programs did for me is it really helped me to think outside of the box. It helped me to think outside of the standard train of thought. What's the biggest thing you've taken away from your international DE experiences and and how has it helped you at your own credit union? It's helped to make me a little bit fearless. I think especially as a mom, you, you know, moms tend to be a little bit of worry warts. And I think sometimes in business, you can be a little bit of a worry wart, especially when you're faced with challenges. But when I think, holy moly, I traveled halfway around the world and did some crazy things, you know, and not just once, but a bunch of times. How cool is that? Like, I got this, this is nothing, you know? And so it really kind of gives you this sense of genuine accomplishment. And it gives you a confidence that's seated in truth and not in, oh gosh, you know, I don't know. Will somebody listen to what I have to say? Or I've got an idea, but I'm not sure if I should share it. No, you know, when when you've been through things like this, you have experiences that are incredibly unique and valuable and worth sharing. And so I think it gives you a little bit of the opportunity to be fearless. And I think Again, especially as a woman, I think that that's very unique and really important. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.